you fancy hearing about why this week's guest wants to eliminate economics before it eliminates society, then you're in the right place. Welcome to BWB Extra, where we get to know Steve Keane a little better. Steve's a professor of economics, an author, and winner of the Revere Award for the Real World Economics Review for being the economist, and I quote, who first anticipated and gave public warning of the global financial collapse in 2008, and whose work is most likely to prevent another one in the future. Let's sort of take it back a bit. How did you end up doing what you're doing? Six years of lousy science teachers. I had a brilliant lecturer, a school teacher in economics called Keating, no relation to the Prime Minister. Yeah. And he made it brilliantly exciting and I loved it. And so the mathematical focus I had in physics went across to economics. I find a good teacher such a fascinating Oh, huge. Thing. And also the worst teacher you ever had is probably your best ever teacher. The person who said you never amount to anything. You're a fucking idiot. You never amount to anything. I had a couple of, most people have someone in their life they hated mm. did that. Just a couple. And you, and you think to yourself, what I think I'm now get in is, with that did they know what they were doing? Because they mm. had an they enormous impact. You, Andy. They probably hated you, but the weird thing is, they're the ones you're like you. You give me the daggers right now. <laughs> they was like, oh, he's been well annoying in this podcast. Um, yeah, but the inspiration of a good teacher too. Oh, Someone comes in and they're like, right, and they just start. Like this guy Tim Keating also taught us English, and one thing we got to get to, to, to read was Chaucer's Canterbury Tales yeah. in the original Old English. Okay? And we, I remember going back home and trying to read this damn thing, and just walking in completely puzzled. Tim walked into the room, sat cross-legged on the desk, and started to read it if with you the read correct, it out loud, the you correct can hear it. Old English accent. And we all looked at each other in shock because oh, we wow. could understand it. Wow, that was just brilliant. So that's truly inspirational teaching is an incredibly important part of our lives and we should pay teachers accordingly and we don't. Uh, what's your long-term goal? Eliminating economics before it eliminates human society. So you want to eliminate the thing you do? I, th I actually wrote in Debunking Economics that if all economists on the planet committed harakiri, including me, the world would be a better place. You feel that strongly that they're misleading government? They have led us into the... They lead us into all the financial crisis. You don't think the econo economists are leading us into the financial crisis, yeah. not the greed of humanity, you know? Well, they, they, excuse, they tell us it doesn't matter. They say what causes financial crises doesn't matter. They give us the... Do they? Is that they what they encourage say? the bad behaviour that leads into the crises. They give us the ammunition to do it. Yeah. I think that's what They're I, the enabler. My expression is, you might say fossil fuel companies are fighting the war against, you know, doing anything on climate change, but the bullets are being shafted, crafted by economists. Wow, that's deep. That's really deep that you say that. No wonder you're not so popular at the economist oh, drinking they hate me. Oh. Can't imagine why. Oh, oh, being hated by oh, economists. I've noticed I didn't get the Christmas party invitation for Jeffrey. What's happened on the Christmas party invitation? Well, you know, you know mate, you've been fucking not to get invited to those sorts of parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very happy about that. What's the most misunderstood thing about what you do? <sighs> God. <laughs> that takes more than five seconds. Yeah, um, no, we're no longer on the five-second bit. You're fine. Okay, okay. Um, the fact that you don't, this is going to sound a bit technical, but you don't need microeconomics, okay? Economic, mainstream economics is based on the theory of the individual firm, individual consumer. We should throw it all away. That's the, we can work from the top down. We can, we can model, model the economy from macroeconomics itself. We don't need micro. One, one of Marx's greatest phrases was said, men make their own history, but not in times and circumstances of their own choosing. 
and the times and circumstances dominate what happens. Our behaviour in the individual scheme of things is relatively trivial. And that's the way that I model the economy and I, like I get it, it right. It's deep. You know, there's something uh, very silly that's hit me that's sort of amusing me that might give you a bit more respect in these circles. You know, you've got, you've very sensibly got a thing to keep the uh, air clear. You should mm-hmm. get a Darth Vader kit. Oh, and then you could turn up with the economist. Actually, and then, then you have to pick people up and go, do you not know the world is ending? I would love to be able to do that, I must admit. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And they'd be like, fucking hell, Jesus. You know. <laughs> What are you doing about climate change then? I'm writing a report for Carbon Tracker and it's for the finance sector and telling them how they've been conned by economists and because they have a fiduciary duty towards particularly pensioners, they have to change what they're doing on climate change advice or they could be sued for breaching financial uh, fiduciary duties. That's the one I'm working They're on. They're going right to love now. that report. Oh, I'm going to go down there. And you're getting a Darth Vader outfit. And Darth you're going to go outfit. down there and kick some fucking ass. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I'll need to get mechanical arms rather than my own ones these days to do any real damage. There's, um, you can on Quest, you can meet the, uh, the, the virtual reality thing. You can meet Darth Vader in this game. And I have to say, I challenge any man to it because you're kind of, oh, it's virtual reality. It's ridiculous. Yeah, let's go meet Darth Vader. And he walks up to you. Is he really like, scary? Oh, I'm so, really scary. I'm sorry, Darth. He's massive. <laughs> What are you uh, most excited about? Life. Life will out. Life will survive. Okay, the back to George Carlin's comment. I thought we just established that life was... Could life. be life's going, life's going to survive, okay? We, we, we're not that powerful. We're not going to destroy life on this planet. And just that's the most exciting sapiens. thing on the planet. Yeah, homo sapiens might disappear. Well, it's true. Even continue. if it's really bad, some, some bacteria don't even need, like, oxygen. Life the will continue. The lizard people will be, be fine. Tardigrades will take over. Yeah. Yeah, but life will continue. They're so tiny. What's your biggest error, do you think, in your career? What's the biggest misstep you've taken in your career? In my career? Mm, Doing a law degree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do one, but we would have been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I never used to waste Well, it's like we don't really like to hire people who've done accountancy at university. What made you do a law degree? My choice was I wanted to do engineering and economics. That was my combination. And when I went to see a career advisor, there was no such combination. And and he said, well, do law. He said, I know, be bored for three years. You'll love it. It was so fucking boring, honest. And people think law is about logic. Law is about finding reasons to distinguish your client from all previous cases. Yes, Your Honour, I know that on the evidence, on the law and the precedent, my guilt client is completely guilty. But this case can be distinguished by all of this because this, my client has three it nostrils. It sort of depends what kind of law you... I am a lawyer. I should, oh, yeah? I should uh, have mentioned Full that. transparency I here. did not do <laughs> a law degree. Off. I did archaeology, ancient history and Greek. Yeah. But the kind of law I do now... Yeah effectively is being told what people want to achieve and then interpreting it into language that makes it work. The way I got into the warning about the financial crisis was I was approached to be an expert witness in a case on predatory lending. And in that situation, the fact that I had the law background was useful. So I'm not putting it down completely, but most law ends up being, you know, most of my friends who did law or accounting were bored. Nobody I know that did a law degree is still a lawyer. What's your worst advice you've ever been given? Do law. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. Ding. Congratulations. Good advice is accountancy, by the way, if you're having to give out career oh advice. God. You know, I'll give you a little tell. You'll love this particular one. I led a student revolt at Sydney University in 1973 over the teaching of economics. Successful. We actually got a new department. The year created. I was born. I had a whole bunch of... Um, of accountants who were part of the group, fabulous guys, mainly migrants, who did the best part of a, 
research report I work with as well. I went to a restaurant one night. There they were, the same bunch of guys, for a bucks night. So they asked me like 10 years after university. Stag night for the English Stag night, okay. About five years after university, what have have you done? And I explained what I've been doing. And then there was silence and one of the guys said, I wish I'd done what you've done. And they all agreed. And I said, hang on a sec, guys, look on the negatives. I'm unemployed right now. I haven't got a car or a house. Don't even have a girlfriend, let alone married. Look on the negative side of what I've done. And the kingpin of the group said, Steve, we would still all rather have done what you have done. Yeah. Yeah, How boring were their lives as accountants because of that. So safety was was a trap. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Aubrey Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others Get set up and on their way Aubrey Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I, th- I think it was to follow your heart. I had one person, like, you know, telling me in a big gap, do I take a safe career or a dangerous yeah. one? He said, you don't want to take stuff which makes you safe because you'll be bored later in life. Yeah. And that's... Uh, that's take a, risks when you're young yeah, too. Take risks and, and continue taking them, which I've continued doing and I'm still standing. Great advice. Uh, what advice would you have given your younger self? Probably just, you know, do what you've done. I made all sorts of mistakes in my life, absolutely, okay? But, uh, you know, I've enjoyed my life and I continue enjoying it. Within your own life, you've been very independent. You know, you've got the... You've got the balls of free thought. So that comes from somewhere and you probably base it in you know, empirical... The balls of free thought. It's good, yeah, I like I'm it. I'm going to use that. Yeah, yeah. No, but there's something, there's, there's something in you that's not afraid to be the odd one out. It probably goes back all the way to being very young. And that's true. Like, um, like I, most of my friends at school were migrants, for example. Interesting. Well, uh, you went to school in Sydney. Yeah, I went to Sydney. Catholic school, which is you know, the, the religious version of a public school. And I remember being having some of the, the white guys saying, you know, you'd, you'd hate to find you have any, you know, non-white genes inside you. And I said, I'd actually be quite pleased to find And when you that. say this would be Aboriginal or this would be just multicultural? Anything at all. I mean, it was yeah. quite possibly some Aboriginal in my background because my family comes from uh, Western New South Wales. Right, right. Which is a possibility. I'd like, I would actually like to find that out. But I enjoy diversity and I don't mind being a minority in a majority of that's different to me. And I think that's partly why I've been successful. You almost feel a minority yourself then. Oh, a minority in economics, almost a minority of one. A minority with a flamethrower, apparently, for the entire thing. I have a few friends who help me with the flamethrower. Oh, fucking Steve's lost it again. Don't invite him to this year's Christmas party. Not with that Darth Vader suit again. Fucking hell. He almost strangled Bernie. Um, Have you got any recommendations for us on what to read or watch or listen to? Uh, in economics, I just, I'll, 
obviously recommend my own book, The New Economics of Manifesto. Tell us what it's called I, so that we can... The New Economics um, Manifesto. I'd also recommend reading a totally obscure book for those who really want to know this stuff called Dynamic Economic Systems by a guy called John Blatt, B-L-A-T-T. Will it make my head hurt? Huh? Will it make my head hurt? Potentially, yes, but also your head, I think, has got a fair bit of muscle inside there, so you yeah, give it a good try. That. But Blatt, this is a lovely story. Blatt was a, a professor of mathematics and he was twice nominated for the Nobel Prize in Physics in the 1950s. He wrote the reference on quantum mechanics and he was at the University of New South Wales and one other guy at the University of New South Wales was also nominated for the Nobel Prize in economics, a guy called Murray Kemp. He's actually a good friend of mine, a great tennis player. Uh, Murray, <laughs> the important, important point. Murray, <laughs> Murray regarded John as his only peer because he's the only guy at the university to get nominated for the Nobel Prize. So he invited John along to a, con- to a seminar. And John was Austrian and famously rude. Okay? So, okay, uh, Murray finished giving his presentation and then spoke over the audience to John and said, what do you think? And John said, that is the greatest load of rubbish that I have sat through in my professional career. If this is advanced economics, there's something terribly wrong with economics. I intend finding out what it is. Good day. Wow. So he wrote a brilliant book called Dynamic Economic Systems and I can take credit for the fact that it's now being republished. He basically says you're full of shit. Full of shit and he did it mathematically. Now we're going to do the quick fire round, favourite part of the show. DQ the music. So we're going to reel off some terms and you've got to tell us whether you think they are business or bullshit. You're going to put up the sign and we're allowed to in question. We're allowed to, if we want, if we're like, you know, if you feel strongly. You can talk if you want to, but, you know, you've got the visual aids. Let's go. Going viral. Bullshit. I don't even know what going viral means is. Yeah. NFTs. Bullshit? You think they're bullshit NFTs? Definitely bullshit. Do you think? They're a Ponzi scheme. They only yeah, got a price I'm so with you, them. man. But what about when they're like a song or like I'm an artist and Look, you get like you, a certificate of ownership? NFT and nobody else can play, you know, Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, then that's definitely business. <laughs> I can't believe that's the thing you picked. Why not? It's about <laughs> the same as bullshit as NFTs. Business plans. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you about this earlier. Excellent. Universal income. No, sorry, no, business. Ah, do you think that you're into it? Yeah, I am. I'm with you. Separate. Tell me me about your view, because there's lots of versions. There's just like have a little bit of income to help people, the really bad bit, or have a lot. The impression that I I know people who started the whole scheme in in, in America, and their argument is it's not paying you to do nothing, it's paying you to do anything. It gives people freedom to be creative. And that's what people argue. where they are. And, 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 and the fact that it costs a lot of money and... You, it, it makes money that people can spend, okay? You want demand inside there. Otherwise, what, what do homeless people buy? Yeah, because okay? even homeless people will get it. Yeah, that would be right. good. Well, you'd yeah. end homelessness in a night. Yeah, pretty much. They'd be able to go be able to afford to pay rent and so on. Team outings. Team outings. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> with you in the Darth Vader outfit, they're Definitely, fucking yeah, yeah. a little more than bullshit. They're terrifying. Microdosing. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Uh. There's still time, Steve. There's still time. Think tanks. Bullshit. Are you a miniature think tank? <laughs> I am probably. I want to start my own called the Keen Institute. Yeah. So yeah, but I wouldn't be publishing bullshit. Yeah, think tanks. You think they're mostly come most up with bullshit? Most of them put out bullshit these days. Particularly if they're, if they're economists, and they're definitely bullshit. MBAs. 
I, you know, you've yeah. ever heard of a, ever heard of a database program called DBase 2? It was designed by a guy called Wayne Ratliff. Wayne Ratliff was a NASA engineer and he designed DBase to make money out of the football pools. It was the idea of artificial intelligence at the time. His company was taken over by Harvard MBAs and destroyed it, called Ashton Tate, and the software disappeared. He came off the plane, I interviewed him in Sydney when he came out to Australia, spewing about Harvard MBAs, so definitely bullshit. Breakfast meetings. Okay. Before your mind gets locked in. You, you eat breakfast with a meeting? I do, yeah, yeah, but it's always the, the same thing. So the, the um, eggs. Usually in yogurt. I'm sorry, I'm bored. That's why you don't mind breakfast meeting. It's obviously the fried egg and the bacon and the bacon eaters, the meat, people like me who want to have a good old fry up at breakfast. If I'm going to have breakfast, let's have breakfast. You know, and then I've got to eat and I don't enjoy that, you know, but mm. usually's the secret. Yeah, yeah. Flexible working. Bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit going on. I'm afraid so. Yeah. This society's full of it. Hot desking. Definitely bullshit. (laughs) Asking favours. It's it's humans are all about favours. Yeah, yeah. Humans are based on doing stuff for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin. Do you think Bitcoin's bullshit? I should have bought it when I was when Max State Max Kaiser and everyone Ponzi scheme. Yeah. I could have bought a hundred of them for 10, 10, 10 pounds. I'm sorry I didn't do it. But it's a Ponzi scheme. You think it'll have to fall over. You, the reason I was given, and I think there's a lot of sense to that, and I love one of the main comments on Coinbase, which is I wish I could go back to like 2014 oh, yeah. and repeatedly punch myself in the face. Um but the reason I was given that it's useful is, yeah, you should have governments backing currencies, blah, blah, blah. But there's lots of countries that go into fucking civil war, don't have a currency or whatever. And it becomes the, a sort of non-governmental vestige of currency, you know. Yeah, if they, if they hadn't based it on 10 minutes of processing time to generate the nonce right. and the huge energy costs, then that would be okay. It's yeah. the energy costs that are going to bring it unstuck. When we realise we're using too much energy, the first thing that will be shut down is Bitcoin. was this week's episode of BWB Extra and we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>